Okay, this next one is good to talk about in terms of image, how your image is perceived by the other players, and how to really widen your check raising range and, and when to look to check raise for value. So, uh, as it stands, Manic, of course, is getting a little bit shorter. I'm starting to kind of put the pressure on him. You know, it's important uh, in all aspects of tourney play to lean on the short and middle stacks. The way that I like to approach it is force them to get a hand to beat you. Like, if you can get yourself in a position when you're playing a tournament to where you're sort of forcing your opponents to pick up a hand in order to win, um, and you win all of the pots when they don't actually... Um, when they don't actually show up with a hand, like you're putting yourself in a great position to win the tournament. I mean, that's the ideal spot. That's like the whole advantage of having a big stack is forcing your opponents to pick up hands. So um, a lot of people, I, I see a mistake when they get someone short, they kind of like let up the gas and like don't want to get jammed on too much. But you know, even people who are <clears throat> acutely familiar with like profitable jamming stacks, heads up, like even they like don't pick up hands as often as you think and you get such a good price on stealing so don't be afraid to like um put pressure on smaller stacks and um you know lose a couple of pots but to keep like an aggressive image so that you still get jammed on when uh you you pick up something good enough to call a short stacks all in with so <laughs> a lot of that actually isn't as related to this hand here. I was just m basically talking about the stack sizes. But here, Manic Min opens the button with a 28 big blind stack. I call from the big with queen 8. Uh, pretty standard given the requirements that I've talk talked about so far. Usually your calling range preflop is going to have a lot of like these types of hands. You know, queen 8s and queen 7 suiteds and um, king 9s and stuff like that. Uh, with these stack sizes, I think that calling is pretty good. So uh, the flop comes queen, six, seven, two clubs. We do not have a club. I check, manic bets, half pot, 105K into 210K. We check raise to 245K. And he ends up folding, but, and, and you know, we look, looking back on the recording, he had ace five. But uh, I was listening to the recording and listening to the commentators, and it seemed that Salzburg thought that I should check call. And I don't really like that. I mean, you know, especially going back and looking... And looking at the tape, it was pretty clear that Manic, he wasn't didn't really have like barely tendencies. And I talked a little bit about this in other hands, but I want to hammer on it a little bit more because I think it's very important. Uh, you, I, I, lab, I label players as having either like level one aggression or level two aggression for the most part. Uh, and what is so? What does that mean? Well, level one aggression is you know there's player types who are willing to put in like one street of aggression. Uh, and I think that man, and, and then there's level two aggression players who are willing to put in two streets of aggression or more, or the the types of the type of players who, when faced with aggression, um, counter that with more aggression. So what I'm getting at is like there's a lot of players, for example, who will three bet preflop, but will always fold when facing like a four bet, like they don't have five bet bluffs in their range. Or there's players who will c bet their air, but won't barrel their air. And as as we've kind of seen from the hands that we reviewed with Manic. He, he seems like a pretty like level one aggression player. Like he's not going to just fire barrels with, with air. Um, so what? why does that matter for this hand and why does that matter for any hands? Well, first of all, if you're facing someone who <clears throat> isn't going to barrel light, so you're not going to be able to get value from their air on later streets, it, it doesn't make as much sense to like check call with the intention of like calling down light. 
um, when you have when your hand is like clearly good enough to play for stacks, which on this flop it, it certainly is. So <clears throat> it would be one thing if I was playing someone who I thought had more aggressive late street tendencies, but I didn't think Manic was that type of player. And when you have a hand that's like clearly good enough to stack off, and there's a lot of runouts that might actually end up killing my action. Like if the turn is like an eight and he ends up having like, let's say he somehow has tens or let's say he somehow has like uh, a seven. Uh, I think that there's a lot of runouts that will actually kill my action and won't allow me to uh, get as much value from my hand. Secondly, I think it's important to think about image. Like I had a pretty very aggressive image. He certainly knows that I would play semi bluffs pretty fast on this flop so it's it's possible that he would bet call with an under pair to a queen so hands that i really have dominated and of course he would like bet call strong draws <clears throat> so i just really thought that like although there is some players who i would check call this flop against in different situations i think that against this particular player it makes a lot more sense to uh it makes it makes much more sense to just check raise and um yeah, and not to mention that like we played that hand earlier where I check raised with just the spade. I had like eight nine with with a spade on king four five all spades. Like so, he's seen me check raise with semi bluffs. Like I really do believe he would be like bet getting it in here with like I think even like king seven a seven, uh, eights nines tens jacks. I think that like that's like pretty that would be pretty normal for him. And I don't know if I could really fault him for that. <laughs> so. Something else that I want to mention, and this is a very important concept, is picking up on people's barreling tendencies. Uh, you know, if you're playing a cash game, and granted this isn't a cash game uh, product, but I'm sure, and I advise all, anyone who's listening to this to play cash games, uh, you know, it, the same concepts apply to cash games in terms of um, in terms of barreling tendencies. If you think that, uh, if you have, like, complete nada early in the hand, it's better to, in most cases... Um, you know, check, like, r make raises on earlier streets against people who are barely because you don't want to, like, induce barrels with hands that can't fight back against barrels on later streets, if that makes sense. But if people aren't barely, um, you know, or you have a strong value hand and uh, you want to get value from the air, then that's another good spot to, like, actually check call and then check raise turns or check call down. So really you want to pay attention to people's barreling tendencies and use that to just select your line.